Keltec is a proud sponsor of the Talking Lead Podcast and the Leadhead Brigade. I got a, I got a ton of interviews at NRA, so I'm starting to crank those out. Cool. How is the show in general? So the show in general, I thought it was, I thought it was fine. Of course, you know, I'm always trapped in the booth. I don't get an opportunity to, to walk around much. Everybody said it seemed to be well attended. So, I mean, I was nonstop with the interviews. Of course, I always am. And people yeah, were I saw, crowded I around the booth. Say, I want to say that they, the number was something like 75,000 people, which is up there with normal yeah. rates. Okay. I don't know. what I, I didn't hear them ever say, so I don't know. Yeah, I talked to, um, well, I talked to Matt Wolf a little bit about it because he was there. Enforce, said, yeah, yeah. Actually, I just, I just emailed him uh, today. <laughs> I'm yeah, doing a I'm so. doing a giveaway, another big giveaway. Cool. So he's going to be about like 15 minutes. So you want to go ahead and let's get like the pre-show going. Yeah, yeah, sure. You and me. All right, lead heads, welcome back to another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. As you heard there in the background, I've got a guest joining me. It's none other than our good buddy Brooksy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in, Brooksy. Thanks, man. Hey, Leadheads. Long time no see, man. You've uh, yeah, it's been a little while. You've taken a little break from the scene for a while. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So uh, I think we can we can see or hope to see Chris back in action soon, but he's just in, enjoying the the retired life right now. We were right. uh, talking about some knives. You heard us talking about some knives. Uh, when we were at SHOT Show uh, earlier this year, Diamondback Firearms, Chris was telling me that they purchased, what was it, the Southern Grind? Yeah, Zach Brown Southern Grind. Yeah, a knife company, which Chris used to be a part of. And uh, they had broke out some of their knives, and they were showing me uh, some of their knives. And that's that's what we were talking about there when you heard that, the intro part of that. Uh, so, Brooksy, you are... In Idaho, hanging out. Yes, in Idaho. sir. Just outside of Boise. Yeah, and you and I were talking about uh, my recent trip to NRA. You didn't make it out there. Sorry, we I missed did. you. Yeah, that was a bummer. Wish I could have been there. Wish you could have been there too. It was a good time. You know, all our all our buddies were there, hanging out, and having a good time. Of course, there were several leadheads that stopped by the booth, so it was great to see the leadheads stop by. We had Marco Vorbiv out there at the booth with his book the uh, AK-47 book that we've talked about several times on the AK Corner. He was doing autographs. If you had your book, you could bring it by and he would he would autograph it. I got mine autographed. I had him autograph it two times just to Very make cool. sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Once is good, twice is better, right? Right, exactly. I don't know what I did with it, but it's laying around here somewhere. Um, I'll post pictures of that uh, one day. But uh, we are... Gearing up, ramping up for our special guest. This is a special episode of the Talking Lead podcast. And if you've been paying attention to the social media, then you know who our guest is. And if you haven't, then you're going to have to stand by because uh, we'll wait till he joins us to introduce him. 
you know, I'm sure he's slam jammed doing the what do they call that the the junket tour or, you know whatever all the interviews. Oh man, just doing that whole whole tour is I can't even imagine. That's got to be pandemonium. Whatever the, whatever the Hollywoodites call it, you know that's that's, know. that's what he's doing. But uh, our guest is going to be Jack Carr, ladies and gentlemen. So. <laughs> Yeah, he he probably about ten minutes away from joining us, but that is too cool. That you got him coming on. He's it, a good guy. It is awesome, and Chris has a personal relationship with him through one of your other good buddies that we've talked about on the show, Mister Pratt. Pratt Pratt. Chris Pratt Pratt Pratt. Is that what he is on the Instagrams? Pratt Pratt Pratt. Yep. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> but. Um, I don't know what all we're not probably not going to have a lot of time with Jack because he is knee deep in this new book release, only the dead. And we're excited to have Jack on to talk about it. So um, we're going to keep him as long as we can, but we're not going to um, be stingy of his time. So uh, I want to make sure that we're ready to go when he jumps on and uh, we'll just kind of let him guide the conversation when he gets on. But I think it's going to be a surprise for him to see you, Brooksy. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see, see. See if he recognizes you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm a little more gray now. Ah, well, you should get that hair club for men uh, thing. It worked that great on my beard. Yeah, make the gray go away. <laughs> right. So I was telling you, you and I were talking off air there, and uh, our our buddy, you know, fellow leadhead Drew with Century Arms, everybody knows that uh, he was engaged, and he and the beautiful Morgan got hitched. Uh, this past, not this past weekend, but the weekend before that. And I was one of the groomsmen. So, you know, I didn't want to look too old. I was probably the oldest uh, guy there besides like, you know, his older brothers and and father, but I had to get some of that gray out. So I did, I did color my beard. So there you go. You hit that 50 mark, you know, and that's what starts happening. I mean, your hips go out, you got to get hip surgery and you got to (laughs) start dyeing your hair. (laughs) <laughs> just don't fall down right oh my gosh so um that was a good time it i was telling uh Brooksy, you know it was like a four or five day event they really did it up it's this awesome place just outside of nashville it's called five star retreat so if you guys ever get an opportunity to book an event at the five star retreat uh, you need to do that it's got cabins it's got like a main lodge area it's got ponds. It even have a shooting range there. So it's it's a pretty cool place to hang out. So that's what I've been doing, Leadheads. And then, of course, all the NRA interviews uh, and content that we got, we're cranking it out. We're getting it out in mass now. So be watching the YouTubes because I think we've already dropped like four videos to YouTube. Our first episode from the NRA uh, was dropped just a few days ago. And uh, there'll be another one right after this episode. So uh, pay attention, stay tuned, because we're going to be doing pre-shows for all those. And we've got big announcements that we're going to be talking about. Last episode, I told you to be on the lookout for our next big giveaway. And that is well underway as far as just getting everything together, getting it organized. And we're going to be able to talk more about that in an upcoming episode. So stay tuned for that. You're not going to want to miss it has something to do with three guns and a gun case and 
uh, optics and flashlights and weapon lights and holsters and ammunition. I don't know. There's all kinds of stuff in this thing. Can't go wrong with that. Can't. You just can't go wrong with that. <laughs> so, Brooksy, what what have you been up to? What have you been enjoying in life during your your time? I'm sure the family. You've been doing a lot of family time. A lot of family. Got two of my boys living here. Uh, my oldest boy lives about five minutes away. He's coming over today with his kids. And, and then my youngest boy, he lives about 15 minutes away. So the three of us plus some, you know, the rest of our family, we've been playing a lot of golf. A lot of golf. And so now that the weather has turned and we went from winter to spring to summer in about one week. Just like that, huh? Yeah, so we played in some pretty cold weather, but uh, the last couple of weeks have been pretty nice. It's been ridiculous here because it, it can't decide what it wants to do. Yeah, it would go from 80 degrees, you know, for a couple of days, and then it'll drop down to like 40 and be about <laughs> 30 in the nights. And now it's back up. I think we're up in the upper 70s right now. So, but it's just, and my sinuses, you'll probably hear me sniff and snort. Uh, but my sinuses are all screwed up because of the the weather change. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I think I got something at that wedding. <laughs> Hopefully, something you can get I rid of. I don't know what her name was, but. All <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they got shots for that. So yeah, there's, okay. there's a shot for that these days. Like, there's an app for that. <laughs> there's a yeah, shot for that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So uh, I'll do a quick plug here while we're waiting on Jack. Make sure you go and support those that make this show possible. Uh, like I said, NRA, we had Keltec sponsoring us again, hosting the lead quarters. They were the official lead quarters of Talking Lead during NRA. And uh, they have got some great new products. If you haven't heard, they've got a new KSG 410 out, Chris. Wow. Bullpup 410, the world's first Bullpup 410 by the way. Well, if you can get some shells for it, that's amazing. <laughs> that's if you can get shells for anything these days, you know, and, and their P 50, you, do you remember the P 50 they had that five, Ooh, seven? Yeah. yeah. Saw uh, that at shot. Bro. So they came out with a rifle version. So they've got the R 50 now. And, uh, so you don't have to worry about the braces or any of that crap. And I don't even know where we are with the braces. I, I haven't, I haven't heard an update on that. As as far as I know, I guess there's, there's, you know, you're still supposed to register them or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Not going to happen. <laughs> no. So if anybody's listening to this. Yeah, then... if anybody's listening to this, I don't have any, so. <laughs> right. I lost them on a fishing trip, isn't that the. Yep. They fell out of the boat. They fell out of the boat. That's right. I don't know what happened to them. Uh, so go check out Keltec. Show them some love. And they're going to show you some love if you go to their website, use the code LEADHEAD. You're going to get 15% off anything in their pro shop. Now, that's accessories, their swag, uh, anything but their firearms. Firearms aren't included. No duh. Uh, but go and use that code. Got Mother's Day coming up. I mean, great place to go and get some Mother's Day presents, right, Keltec? <laughs> yeah. What mom doesn't want a new rifle? Or, you know, a Keltec hat or. Sure. They've got flashlights. They've got all kinds of cool stuff there. So go yeah. check them out, keltechweapons.com. And, of course, our good buddy Dave over at Mission First Tactical. They have come out with a whole slew of new products this year. 
that you're not going to want to miss. Uh, one of them being, and I thought I had it right here, is their new belly band holster. Got yeah, it right stuff. here. I got it right here. I just took my stuff out of it a minute ago. Um, but Velcro, it's got this breathable material, so it's not like hot and sweaty up against your body. Uh, it's got room for your compact, uh, a magazine, a light, a knife, and then it's got some administrative pockets here that zip that you can uh, put money, credit cards. Uh, what else could you put in there? Your shots. <laughs> your shots. <laughs> but they've got a new holster that's that's coming out too, their Pro Series, and it uses rare earth magnets, Brooksy. Yeah, I saw that. That was at NRA, wasn't it? They released it at NRA, yeah. They certainly did. And uh, it's it's not out yet, but it's soon to be out. And it uses a magnet instead of those uh, washers and screws for the retention. So you don't have to worry about losing those, retightening those. Um, it's just a constant, consistent 11-pound pull with that magnet each time. So I'm looking forward to when they actually do the official release of that. And then that other new product is the free multi-mount platform. So what that does, it gives you the ability to mount your weapons, your lights, your medical kit on multiple surfaces. So it's got like a 3M sticky side, and then it's you can also do a Velcro type uh, attachment for it. So if you want to have your gun or your equipment at the ready, at your desk, you know, maybe under your desk or in your car or in the bathroom, you know, maybe you're in the shower and you want to, you know, you want to go pack it in the shower. Great little place to store your, your firearm or your metal medical equipment there. Uh, multi mount platform is what it's called. And you can use the code leadhead and get 20% off anything at mission first tactical, any of their products. Of course, it doesn't apply for things that are already on sale, but, uh, any of their regularly priced items, 20% off. And of course, our buddies at Seal One, Dwight, we had him on, and they released it at SHOT Show too, but at NRA, he actually had the product, the final product. They've got a new rod, rod and cleaning kit. So uh, for rifles, pistols, um, not just their, uh, their CLP Plus now, you can do the whole kit with the rods. And what are those attachments called that you put on the end of the... The cleaning rods. Those little cleaner. The little attachments, yeah. They've got you know multiple Washing different attachments uh, on those as well. And the code does work for those now also at seal1.com. Leadhead, 25% off the CLP. They're cleaning uh, rod kits, anything there at seal1.com. Uh, and then, of course, on our uh, AK Corner, we're going to be giving away one of you listeners that participate. Uh, we're going to be giving away one of those every episode of the AK Corner, a cleaning, a CLP cleaning kit, and then also Mission First Tactical. We're going to be giving something cool away from them. And with all these new products, they've been mixing it up on what they've been giving you leadheads for, for cool giveaways. So make sure you listen to the AK Corner each and every month. The Kiltech KSG 410 is the perfect sidekick with no kick. At just over an inch and a half wide, just over 26 inches long, and just over 5 pounds, you'll be hard-pressed to find a more impressive 410 bore shotgun. In fact, it's the world's first and only pump-action 410 bore bullpup shotgun. 
The side-by-side -side dual feeding tubes and one in the chamber delivers an impressive 11 round total capacity, making it as functional as it is fun. Innovation. Performance. Kiltech. So go and show our sponsors some love because that's how we are able to bring this show to you each and every week, sometimes more, Brooksy. And then we've got the video aspect of it now too. We were able to set up some cool video at NRA, thanks to our buddies at Student of the yes. Gun. Oh, Go. I think we got somebody joining us here. Yes, All right, what's happening? Hey, hey, Mr. Carr. What's happening? Why is that? Uh, I don't see you. Can you see me? I don't see you. I don't see me either. I'm supposed to, first it didn't open, and then uh, now it opened. That's my. There's a roof. Yeah, see but you. the camera's pointed right at me. That is the strangest thing. That is so odd. Yeah, that's the roof, but let's see. Are you going to have to stand over the camera the whole time now? <laughs> Looking down at us? Right in front of me. This is so strange. Let me see here. Do some pull-ups. I'm going to change it to FaceTime cameras. See what that does. Oh, there you go. We're FaceTime camera. Bam. Look at there. What's happening? What's up, brother? How you doing? Doing great. I'm going to silence my mail. There we go. So that won't be buzzing. Good and idea. full screen. Yeah. There we go. Boom. What's happening? Welcome Good in. You. Good to see you again, man. So when was the last time I saw you? Was it last book or the uh, one before? Everything's kind the, of blended together in one long day. Yeah, it was the one before that. So we missed in the blood, but we did get you on the uh, Savage Sun, was it? No, Savage Devil's Sun. Devil's Hand. Devil's Hand. Nice, nice, awesome. That's the awesome. one. But you've been you've been slam jam busy, man. I understand. <laughs> it's been busy, but I feel extremely fortunate that uh, there are so many projects in the works. So it's uh, it's all it's all great. So I think you know my co-host here, uh, Brooksy, Chris Brooks. What's happening? Yeah, hey, what's going on, man? Been a while, huh? Good to see ya. Good seeing you. Looking good. What are you doing these days? No, I'm semi-retired right now, but yeah, I'm I'm actually looking. So we'll see what pops up. <laughs> what's that mean? Semi-retired. <laughs> Just means that you're still looking for a job. Gotcha. Means he's gotcha. playing a lot of golf. Playing right. a lot of golf. That yeah. sounds like retired to me. Playing a lot of golf. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not. That's not a game. That's not a quick game of ping pong between interviews. You know what I mean? Right. That's exactly. true. That's true. So, uh, are you at home? Or are you on the road? It looks like you're at home. Maybe. Home. Yeah, this is home right here. And uh, yeah, for some reason, the podcast studio is out, is out there. It's not. Uh, not working as well with the Wi-Fi for some reason. So this is uh, the business office, and then I have another one over there where I do the the writing. Um, so it just helps to have a different spot where I do those things. So you're not on strike today? <laughs> no, so I'm not part of the WGA yet. Uh, I think after this next spinoff series, I would be, but uh, but still, it's it's pencils down on scripts for me too, just because uh, well. The writers are down, so I'm going to shift priority back to working on book seven. So the one after this, and there's there's. Plenty of projects for me to work on. Uh, so you it are just, a busy <laughs> man, busy, busy yeah. man. So book seven. I mean, we haven't even talked about number six yet. So. That's right. <laughs> it's That's not right. even hit go, the shelves yet. Go go yeah, hit shelves May sixteenth. Um, but it's the longest one to date. I know. <laughs> Tell me uh, about it. Yeah, you can use this thing as a weapon or uh, a doorstop if need be. Uh, but it, yeah, it didn't start off to be the longest. Is as I was writing, it just ended up being the longest. I'm on thirty six. Okay, I'm on Let's chapter thirty six right now. Look to see which uh, Nantucket. We're on Nantucket. Uh, we're on uh, Martha's Vineyard. Martha's or Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There you go. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So yep. there's there's something getting ready to go down. So I'm excited. A couple things, yeah. A couple things going to speed up now. Uh, yeah, there's there's a couple scenes. The uh, the next, not the next one, but the next one, I guess. But the one after that, that's the most brutal, I think, scene I've written to date, or series of chapters that I've written to date yet. Anyway. Uh oh. So for our our listeners that are are listening and our viewers, uh, if you don't know who our guest is that just joined us, ladies and gentlemen. It's a New York Times bestselling author. It's the world's most dangerous author. Ladies and gentlemen, the Prince of Prime, Jack Carr. Awesome, man. Thank you. I like it. Yeah. I like you. Greg Gutfeld, he has to do that every night for every guest on that show. You know, he has to come up with some little little zinger for him. I couldn't but, do it. Uh, I couldn't pretty good. That's pretty good right there. Well, you can use that. Feel free to use that. <laughs> Well, That's, if I use it myself, it's kind of, uh, yeah, but someone else has to do it, I guess. You can, you can quote me on that. How about that? All right. <laughs> so nice. the six series of the James Reese novels, we've got Jack Carr, Only the Dead, Leadheads. Uh, I've, been, I've been posting on social media about it, so you, you've seen yeah. it. You've been anticipating this interview. And Jack, welcome in. We can't wait to talk about your new book. Man, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, this is uh, yeah gearing up for book tour here that uh, starts in a couple weeks. So, and why uh, is it Tennessee on there? That's a good question for David Brown of Simon and Schuster. Uh, that's that's, that's my up. boy. I'll ask him. Yeah, please do, please do. I think we're trying to get to Nashville. We're trying to do a Nashville event at some point, and it just didn't make it in this time around because you have to kind of once you have a couple that you have on your list, then you got to figure out the most effective and efficient way to get there throughout right. the day and uh, do all that sort of a thing. So well, Nashville's easy. It's easy to get in from anywhere. There's no excuse. No excuse. <laughs> Come on, David. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I'll talk Come to on. Him. So I'll, I'll help you guys arrange that too. We'll get it set up at Royal Range. We'll do like a big book book deal at Royal Range. Nice. Nice. Let's do it. Let's do it. I need, yeah. I need to get on the gun again. I've been, uh, uh, yeah, right, doing a lot of writing, but not uh, not enough shooting. I had to cancel all my hunts last year because there were too many things on the books. Um, I did some research down in Argentina. Uh, so I did get one hunt in, I shouldn't say. So I did get one really cool hunt down in Argentina. But uh, then it ended up when I started writing the book. And you've got you've already passed one of the places that I thought was going to be where Argentina was going to be in uh, there. Well, spoilers away but uh ended up just not not working out kind of geographically and didn't end up so it ended up being a different location in this novel but i'll use argentina again in the future it's just such a such you always a great put that in your back pocket and use it for another time exactly right? exactly let's say for the first first one actually first two um i use places that i had gone before because that first one i'm still in the military still in the seal teams in my last year year and a half and uh so I, i've been to iraq been to afghanistan so obviously i can use those been to los angeles okay i can use that um and then the second one i went to mozambique put boots on the ground over there because i thought it was so important for the storyline to actually spend some time there in the bush so did that but it also had to include some ukraine uh action and i'd been to ukraine years and years earlier before i was in the military been to odessa been to the uh the catacombs under odessa so uh, i used that in the novel as well so oftentimes if it's not a place that i've been uh, or i'm going to do research it's some place that I have been in the past, with the exception of Israel. Last book, I really wanted to get to Israel, and that's the one regret about my time in the SEAL teams is that I didn't do an exchange um, oh. with the SEALs. Uh, and man, such a because I really wanted to do that, but then Iraq and Afghanistan kicked off, and so got kind of busy in those areas. But yeah. uh, I'll go to Israel at some point. But as I was writing the last book, 
COVID was going on. And, and if you were trying to get to Israel and you weren't an Israeli citizen, it was very difficult Forget during it. COVID. Yeah, Changing things up wasn't in the book and then in the cards. So, um, so I did a ton of research and then I sent the book to, that's the one I sent it to, uh, a family in Israel that had three generations read it. So someone in their nineties, someone in their sixties, someone in their thirties, and they all came back and said they couldn't believe that I hadn't put boots on the ground in Israel. Uh, they felt like I must have gone there. And so that's, that's, the I would have thought that you would have with all the detail and you know, yeah. the streets and you know, everything that you were describing. I was just like, yeah, he's been there. No doubt. I'll get back because it's in this one a little bit uh, closer to the end. Um, but uh, I, I need to get over there at some point. It's just one of those places I've always wanted to. You know, we didn't talk. We, we haven't talked about this one either in the blood, the one prior to. Yeah. Um, of course, it leads into uh, only the dead. Yep. And um, you want to talk a little bit about in the blood, just kind of how it's going to tie yeah. into the. the yeah, we, we don't want to do spoilers for this one yet. I think yeah, if yeah. people haven't read this one yet, too bad, so sad for them. Let's let's spoil. Yeah, so In the Blood was the novel. It's my sniper-centric novel of violent resolutions. That's what I had as my guiding theme, my guiding principle as I wrote. Each novel has a theme that helps keep things on track, and I find that very, very useful. Um, so I wanted to write a sniper-centric novel, uh, having been a sniper myself in the SEAL teams, but I didn't want to have it end up as the two snipers on opposite hillsides or in buildings, you know, across some streets or whatever yeah. that are searching for each other, searching, searching, searching at the last second, the good guy, they find each other at the same time. Good guy shoots first and it goes through the scope. You know, I felt like that's been done in screen and it's been done in books. So I needed to figure out a way to write a sniper centric novel that didn't include that penultimate scene that people were expecting. So I wanted to lead people down that path and put snipers in position or so they think, um, and then figure out a way to make it the the winner of the confrontation, uh, the one who outthinks the other, not outshoots the other. Right. Uh, not the one who's necessarily more patient uh, or more skilled behind the glass, but the one who can outthink the I other. I love the way that you, you set it up too. Uh, I mean, it was just, it was genius. I'm not going to give that away. I mean, for people who haven't read it, but yeah. Uh, it was just like, oh, that's so brilliant. <laughs> and, and the end, like that cliffhanger type ending, um, you know, the, the art to this is giving enough resolution where people feel like they've invested this time and you've wrapped up most everything, but then you leave that one little thing or a couple things that are a little ambiguous, just like you get to the end of a chapter and you want people to turn that, that page and go to the next chapter and keep them up all night. Well, same thing at the end. But the end, you want to give enough resolution where it's okay, but leave them wanting that next book yeah. or that next season in a TV show, uh, sort of a thing, or that next movie if it's a uh, if it's a first movie in a series or even a, a second or a third. You want that next one. Um, so I tried to leave fans of the genre who have read different political thrillers uh, wanted in that last chapter to kind of lead them to a place where they think a certain thing is going to happen that includes some snipers on a hillside also mm -hmm. and something. Uh, James Reese's uh, uh, love interest, um, and then not do that. So that's that was that was uh, part of that as well. So yeah. I had a great time writing Brilliant. that novel. Brilliant. And then this, this one ended up being a lot longer than I thought. Uh, I blew by. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was going to be about 115,000 um, because I have that theme I talked about. I have the title in my head because I don't want to waste bandwidth worried about coming up with a title. And then I write these one-page executive summaries that I read and then ask myself, is this worth the, ne the next year and a half 
of my life. Mm-hmm. And if someone walked by, let's say a Hudson News in the airport and pick this thing up and read this, would they be willing to invest time they're never going to get back in this story? And if the answer to that is yes, probably, then I go into the outline. And so I do the outline and then I turn that into the narrative. But in having done the outline and having done it five times previous and this being the sixth one, I thought, oh, this is going to be about 115,000 pages, 118,000, or sorry, 118,000 words. Um, and then I blew by 115, blew right by 120, blew by 125. It's just like, whoa. Blew by a couple deadlines. Um, and uh, <laughs> just how, that's just how long it took to get the get the story. Um, that's how long it took. Um, so I'm really concerned it with- It takes as long as it takes, right? Takes as long as it takes to make the best book possible, the best product possible uh, for readers who are never going to get that time back that they're investing in the pages or listening to this yeah. now and book. Well, so, what really makes your books good are the the setups that you do. You know the the deep background that you go into, and in before you get you know into the meat and potatoes of everything. So the setup you do really well in your books, and I think maybe you you had a little longer setup in this one, maybe. Um, than in the the previous ones, but it you know again it's it's paying off. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, long setup in True Believer also. That's the second one. And that's the one where I thought it would be disingenuous to readers to just pick them up, drop them into a new scenario and uh, without dealing with the traumatic events of the first novel. Uh, that would have been like the the smart move, probably. And I half expected my editor publisher at Simon & Schuster to just cut the first quarter of that book or first third of that book. Um, but she she didn't ever mention cutting anything. So um, also like it because it wasn't it, it avoided people being able to say, oh, look, one trick pony does a revenge thing in the U.S., now picks it up, drops it in Africa, next picks it up, drops it in Europe. Uh, so it was a different way to continue the story that I hadn't really seen before in these types of thrillers. So uh, so I love doing that, and then I love doing this one as well. But, you know, the setup takes as long as the setup takes, and you develop these characters, and I get to know them through dialogue. Yeah. So on a paper, I'll have a, a list of all the characters and I'll say so-and-so is like the head of you know, Russian intelligence, so-and-so head of uh, Russian mafia. Because I need to see that, they, that their names aren't sounding, don't sound similar. It's similar, just, yeah. It's tough with the Russian names, by the way. Um, but uh, but then I don't really know their personalities until they start interacting with other characters. And that's where I really get to know them is through that dialogue. But I don't know if that dialogue is going to take chapters or a chapter or a paragraph or two i I just don't know that until i get into it so in this one it just uh it took what it took what it took to get it where it is and it's kind of like a natural progression as you're you're introducing them in your head you're actually introducing them in the book too and as you're getting to know them we're getting to know them that's how you got to know yeah it's it's really good I don't write out the name like so-and-so, Russian intelligence, whatever, director. And then uh, he is uh, grumpy. He's overweight. He's like, I don't know any of that stuff, really. I just know their position. And then I start writing, and all that becomes clear as I as I get into the into the work. Now, I'll go through, and you know, I, I don't know how to pronounce a lot of these names, and I just first thing comes to mind, and that's what it is. And it may not even be close to what – because then when you hear like Ray Porter read it, I was like, oh, yeah. It's like, dang. Oh, no, that's me too. Because I see something and I never say it out loud. Uh, I just see the name written and I go, okay, that looks like that end of the name there, pop off. Okay, here, Khrushchev or whatever. Yeah. So, anyway, I work out all the names, but I don't hear them out loud uh, often until I hear Ray Porter say them either. Yeah. So, in my head, I like, sometimes. What's he talking about? Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that's. Like the first book, The Terminal List, I never said it out loud for like two years. Um, and when the first time I said it out loud, I was like, oh, this. 
two next to each other, terminal list, two L's. I'm like, well, that's kind of hard to say unless you really pronunciate the terminal list. Um, so I never said it out loud. And I love the title, but I, I don't know if I said it out loud if I would have rethought it or not. I don't or know, not. man. It, I think it rolls yeah. off the tongue. Terminal oh, list. Yeah. Terminal it's list. Uh, yeah. list because it's the two L's. Sometimes you say it fast. You just run it together. Yeah. There's one yeah. L. One. Yeah, but oftentimes I don't know how to say a name either uh, because I'm just seeing it. I'm not saying it or talking to anyone about it. I'm just typing away. So, uh, so I'm in the same boat. Yeah. So, so like, uh, is it is it Rafe? Or yeah. Okay. Rafe. So I've been saying that right. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yes. Awesome. I've been saying Rafe. So. Yeah. But yeah. So uh, no no spoilers there. But you know, Rafe in this book. So oh. he's he's my favorite. So far. He's probably most people's. Uh, that's a, that's one of the main comments I get on social channels is who's going to play Rafe and True Believer? Who's going to play Rafe? Is he going to be in this spinoff? Like that sort of a thing. Why didn't you have him in the first book uh, or in the first show on Amazon? Yeah. Um, so I get that quite a bit. And most people, Rafe is a fan favorite. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I put him, well, made an interesting character and his family back around yeah. uh, something exploring in, uh, in possible future novels. So I did that very intentionally. Well, with the TV series coming out, The Terminal List on Prime, uh, I, I guess Ben became the fan favorite. Yeah, I mean, for a certain segment of, yeah. uh, let's say, uh, uh, moms who watched Friday Night Lights back in the day, <laughs> have Taylor Kitsch take off his shirt on that sailboat there, you've like you've you've won a large segment of the audience uh, right there. So that, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and Taylor's just amazing. Taylor's one of those, well, Ben Edwards is one of those characters that I thought was much more fully developed in the show on Amazon Prime than in my novel. Um, so that's one of the things I think that was done better uh, in the TV series uh, as far as character development goes uh, was that and what and what Taylor Kitsch brought to that role. So it just made sense to do a, a spinoff with him uh, and show his backstory, uh, the relationships between these characters back in the day and how he transitioned from being a SEAL to the CIA and how kind of how he turned bad uh, type of show so it's uh it's and the scripts are looking awesome this thing's gonna oh, I'll bet. yeah so for those who great. don't know they're gonna do a spinoff the the ben edwards they're gonna be like a prequel kind of deal yep. and uh how much how much did your wife have to do with them uh, getting that going? <laughs> i think it was more uh uh yeah that so I had an idea for a spinoff and I wrote it all out. I came back from the, um, the premiere in LA, uh, mid June or late June. And I, for whatever reason, my wife and kids were, were, were gone. And so I sat down and I wrote out a, uh, a series and I wrote down a spinoff and, uh, eight episodes and the whole thing. And, uh, just went, just, just went all day and all night. And, uh, and then before I really pitched it, Chris called, Chris Pratt called and says, Hey, I'm thinking about a spinoff. And I'm like, Oh, me too. And he pitched his, I'm like, Let's go with that one. Uh, <laughs> and it was a it was the Taylor Kitsch one. I'm like much it's, it's much smarter to do to do that for sure. Uh, characters already been introduced. People have questions about them. People want to know some backstory. So, right. what was your idea? I'm gonna keep you're it gonna put cool. that oh, yeah that in the pocket. <laughs> That's I got it. You. I got That's you. It. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's no limit to the spinoffs that you can do with all the characters and. Because you you build the characters so well, you do the background stories on them so well, and um, you know just like they did, you were saying with the the TV show with Prime, they kind of did a little bit better background on the Ben the Ben Edwards. Yeah. So it just makes sense that they would do a you know spinoff with Ben. 
Yeah, and and this is great. What's great about this also is that people, even that like the novel, uh, there's not an option for them to be like this, opening it and like saying, "Okay, this is different." Uh, okay, that's <laughs> yeah, that's different. I hate this thing, you know. Right. Uh, yeah. That's an option because there's not a there's not a book, so you're creating. It's based on my characters, but it's creating this backstory essentially at a whole cloth. There's a couple yeah. things in, that I've mentioned in in books before that uh, that drive things forward, but uh, the majority of it is being created out of whole cloth, and I'm creating that series with the showrunner. David Agilio um, from the Terminal List, and so we're creating this thing together. We have an amazing team working on it right now, and I'll write the the finale episode. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited to to start filming this thing. I'll bet, I'll bet. True Believer. After that, that's what's been announced thus far. Anyway, is that we roll this right into True Believer, starring Chris Pratt, and uh, and work on this. Uh, but in that one. Uh, Russia actually did invade Ukraine, so we have to change that one uh, for people that uh, want things to be exactly the same as as the books. Like it's, that's oh. just not going to happen anyway because you're telling a story visually yeah. um, and a whole host of things that you can and can't do. But with True Believer, uh, we definitely have to change some things at the end because Russia actually invaded Ukraine. I know what I was going to say now. So I thought what was really genius of you was just for the what you brought up earlier about people this isn't like that. This isn't like the book. This is different than the book is you did that podcast, the terminal list podcast, and you went in and you were explaining the reasons why things were different and why you did it this way and what, you know, why it made it better. And I thought that was genius. And for those who, who aren't aware, uh, there is a podcast out there where Jack and you get, uh, is it, is it Antoine on there some and you get, so, David DeGilio, who's the showrunner. DeGilio, that's who it is. Yeah. Jared Shaw is uh, my buddy from the SEAL teams who gave the book to Chris. Um, so those, uh, so three of us discuss each episode, kind of break it down. Yeah. And, and Chris comes in at the end, and uh, final episode is a conversation with with Chris about it. Um, but yeah, Antoine's coming on at some point. Just uh, he's been filming <laughs> Equalized for three over in Italy, um, and he's so amazing. And Antoine is just so awesome. I, I got so fortunate with this team that we put together around this show and this in this universe. Just such a great Great, great group of people and such amazing creative talents as well. So yeah. I'm uh, extremely fortunate. But that the podcast was so much fun to do because it gave us a reason to get back together. And uh, and then also it was so cool Amazon because once you once you um, like option these things, and I don't know if this is the case for everyone, but if you're uh, an unknown entity, have never sold one book, um, and have not coming from politics or sports and don't have any social media presence, uh, and that's what I was when. Uh, Chris optioned it back in January of 2018. Um, everything goes to that entity that options it. Um, and so they had to give me the rights back to do that podcast. And they were so awesome about it. Nice. Uh, Amazon and MRC. And, and it's just, it, yeah, such a, such a good team. It was such a wonderful experience. And I learned a ton, too, to be part of it from that optioning period all the way through the mm -hmm. finding the showrunner. And then me talking to that showrunner in December of 2019 and then talking every day since and him bringing me in and really mentoring me along and me learning this process, all, all phases of this process. Um, I've learned so much and feel extremely fortunate. I bet that you're like were. a sponge. You're just, you're just oh, yeah. soaking all that in. Yeah. Exactly. What's one of the, what's one of the, I guess maybe in through that whole experience of, you know, taking the book and then taking it to the, the TV and getting it to the film and TV world. What's something that was surprising to you that you learned that maybe you weren't, you know, expecting it may be a pleasant surprise. 
Yeah, a couple of things. How uh, similar it is to a military operation. Uh, and I didn't realize that until I walked on set and you walk on set and it's like, okay, uh, here's Antoine as the commanding officer. And here's Chris Pratt. And that's like the strategic level leader. And here's Chris Pratt as that tactical level leader, setting the tone for everything else. And oh, what do I have over here? An explosives expert, just like I have in the SEAL teams as a breacher. Uh, and, oh, an armorer. Also, what I have in the SEAL teams. Oh, a mobility guy over here. Also, a position in the SEAL teams. A medic over here. Also, <laughs> what I have in the SEAL teams. Uh, and, a mess uh, hall and over here. Crafty. Craft food services. You got to feed the troops. That's right. Uh, logistics train right there. So, all of these things were so similar. And uh, I recognized that immediately. And we had a lot of military on set. It was like a SEAL reunion, especially that first episode. Oh, we had so man. many SEALs in there playing seals and then a lot of people in and not just that cast but the crew uh had military backgrounds as well so it was a it was a really cool experience so i guess that was surprising that uh the how similar it was to a military operation tight ship and, and yeah yeah very, and everyone is at the the top of their game uh they are the they are the best at what they do and that's why they're on a show like this so that was that was pretty cool uh also surprising that uh and this is more overall process is that anything gets made in Hollywood uh, and two that anything good gets made in Hollywood because there are so many opportunities for things to go off the rails at all different levels. Um, so you're just trying to yeah keep this thing keep this thing on the tracks and everybody's trying to do the best job they possibly can and bring in their A game every day and that's directly attributable to Antoine and to Chris setting that tone being so encouraging uh, mentoring everybody along um, everybody's showing up with a positive attitude ready to crush each and every day but I can see how it could be opposite if you had like a crazy director or a crazy number one on the call sheet, how that would filter down and people would be like, oh man, I got to go in and deal with this insanity again today. Oh my goodness. Um, and uh, that wasn't like it was, that wasn't this set. And I had so many people come up that didn't need to, that made a point of stopping me and saying, hey, I've been on hundreds of Hollywood sets and never once have I felt like this. There's something special about being on this set. And they didn't have to tell me that, uh, but so many people came up and also so many people had touch points with the military and I'd bring a big box of books to sign every time I was there. And uh, they'd come up and say like, Hey, my, my daughter's going to boot camp tomorrow or my son's going on his first deployment or, or whatever it was. And, and I'd sign books and, and do all that. So it was a really cool experience. Nice. So with the, the books, you know, the TV series and you know, the podcast, you've got the danger close podcast. You've been doing that. What for, is that three years now? Third season now. Yeah. yeah congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's, that's a lot of fun. It's a lot more work than I thought. As you know, I did not know going into it. But, uh, you know, I th everybody said, oh, there's no barriers to entry. It's uh, anybody can do it these days. And, okay, so I got that roadie, like, caster thing. And then I got a camera, and I figured out kind of how to set that up and press record here and press record here. That is the limit. It's important to know your limitations. It is. A, it is. As a uh, 70s police uh, a detective said once in a uh, uh, in a film, uh, important to know your limitations. Uh, that's my limitation. Man's got to know his limitations. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so so I, then I brought Ironclad in. They're my, they're my podcast production company, and they handle all that technical stuff, which is extremely helpful. But it's still a lot of work. I've read every book from guests thus far, and I don't know if I can always be able to do that. But uh, it's a that's a lot of work. Then coming up with those questions, and what, but what's been really cool about it is that I've wanted to read a lot of the books from guests I've had on, but just because there's so many things going on and I got to prioritize constantly, I probably would have pushed some to the side and, and not read them because I would have been 
and like, oh, that's not top priority right now. What's my five meter target? Okay, it's this. Okay, doing that. Um, but I've been forced to read these books, and a lot of the things that I've learned have made it into the novels. Oh, uh, right. So, uh, 1983, uh, almost this exchange we almost had with the Soviet Union back in 1983, and this mm-hmm. thing called the Roots Memo that I talk about in the book that was recently classified again after it went through a multi-year declassification process uh, for some reason. And I talk about that in the author's note. But uh, so I get to weave all these things in, but that's because I had um, Brian Moore on the podcast who wrote a book called The Able Archers, uh, kind of fictionalizing this scenario that happened back in the early 80s. So uh, there's things like that that make it into the pages of the novels that that wouldn't have had I not had a podcast. Speaking of of that, um, did I read somewhere that you're working on a nonfiction uh, about the the Beirut? Yep. yep. So I was writing nonfiction, but nothing about like what I did in the SEAL team. So many people did so much more than I could ever hope to have done in the SEAL team. So my foray into nonfiction, I always wanted to write uh, something about history. And if people follow me on Instagram uh, or social media in general, they know that uh, that I, I talk about these different uh, terrorist events as they come up on their anniversaries. Um, I weave these things into my novels. So I always wanted to write nonfiction. Tom Clancy started doing that in the early 90s. In the 80s, it was all fiction. Then he continued that the 90s, but he started writing these books, pairing up with someone who's a subject matter expert uh, from the military in certain things like submarine, or I think one's called tank, one's called uh, aircraft carrier. So we had a bunch of nonfiction books as well. Um, So I wanted to do something like that. And for me, it was going to be about terrorism because that was a very uh, impactful time of my life uh, during the 80s when these different events were happening, whether it was the 1983 Beirut barracks bombing, TWA 847, Achilles Laurel, Pan Am 103, uh, some of my first memories of the 1979 Iranian hostage crisis. Mm -hmm. So I just remember all that and I knew I was going into the military. um, And so I was interested in that and I was reading all those things. And I remember Walter Cronkite counting down the days hostages were in Iran. But for me, the 1983 barracks bombing it still looms large over uh u.s foreign policy um but it's it's also something that there's not the seminal work on it yet there's not the seminal documentary can't point to the i mean there are books about it and there are some documentaries here and there but you can't point to the like the the seminal work yet and there's some newly declassified uh, material from the reagan white house that talks about what was going on behind the scenes and why these decisions were being made in the oval office who's advocating to bring marines ashore who wanted to keep them on uh, an ambush ship in the med um and then it has a has a conclu- has a beginning with the embassy bombing in in, in um, April of 1983, that leads into the October 83 Marine Beirut barracks bombing. And there's a little bit of a conclusion where the mastermind of that attack is killed in Damascus, Syria in 2008. So over 20 years after the attack, oh, wow was uh, probably a joint CIA Mossad operation, I'm guessing. So there's that there's that uh, investigative journalism part to it too, uh, out there with how he meets his demise in Damascus, Syria in 2008. So it's got all the elements and I'm working on that right now with an amazing guy. That would uh, make a great documentary, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we're working on it right now and uh, it's uh, yeah, James Scott, I'm working on it with him. He's a historian and a Pulitzer Prize finalist, amazing guy. And uh, my when I pitched it to Simon & Schuster, I said, hey, well, I'm gonna do these one a year and have these come out in the fall. My James Reese series will come out in the spring. And so that's what the, the contract says. And then very soon after I started doing this research, I called them back and said, uh, I know the contract says one a year, but it's gonna be every two years because to do it right, it really takes a lot of, a lot I of mean, research. Come on, man, you're doing, you're doing the James Reese series. You're doing the TV stuff. You're doing the podcast. You're going to throw another book in the mix. You're going to throw another TV series in the mix. I mean, where do you get the time for all this, brother? 
Well, it's prioritized, but I don't sleep that much. I uh, don't really eat very well and certainly don't exercise much anymore. Um, <laughs> and, uh, exercise, I shouldn't say exercise. I mean, I go on walks with the dog. I ski with the kids, you know, that sort of thing. But I'm not out there just like crushing it every morning and spending my hour and a half doing pull-ups and CrossFit and then jumping in the cold bath thing and then filming it a little bit for the gram and then jumping in the sauna. <laughs> filming it for the gram. Like hanging from my boots and then having the Joe Rogan stuff. Because yeah. if I did all that stuff, I'd be uh, about once I finished that routine, I'd be about time to pick up the kids from school, uh, you know. So it's just not in the cards. So it's uh, really just about prioritizing, and uh, and what now is the priority is the is the work, so and you, I love it. You do a um, uh, like a preface on this, and you're talking about you know how James Reese has evolved, you know, in each in each book in each new novel, you know, he's evolving, he's changing, he's you know he's turning into a different a different person. Um, are you, do you liken that to yourself as you are furthering your career, uh, with the books, with the TV? I think we, we locked up. Are you still there? I think we lost him. It looks like it from my end. Our time was up. <laughs> oh, are you there? Oh, there you are. I'm here. There you are. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. You, uh, I think, I think I got most of the question. Okay. Um, so he started to pick up there a little bit, but I think I got most of it, but I think that's one of the reasons these books have, have resonated. One being that, uh, a lot of the feelings and emotions behind a lot of what I did downrange, I weave into the novel. So I don't have to go find a sniper from Ramadi, Iraq back at the height of the war and ask him a bunch of questions and then filter that through other interviews I've done, movies I've seen, other books I've read and then apply it to a fictional narrative, uh, all that feeling and emotion comes directly from my heart and soul directly onto the page. So I think that's that's one of the reasons um, that, that the books are resonating because the feelings are so so real and that's mm -hmm. because they, they are. Um, and then uh, the, the other reason I think is because James Reese is on a journey and that's something that every single one of us on this planet has in common. We are all on a journey and we're only here for a limited amount of time. But James Reese is learning, he's adapting, he's, uh, he has failures and he has successes and he's learning from both and he's applying all of it to future decisions in the form of wisdom, I hope. But I think that's why it's not just the same character that I pick up and then drop here in the next novel, pick up, drop in the next novel, who's got a certain skill set. No, he's learning and he's evolving uh, just like we all are, or I, I hope we all are because uh, it would like be tough to just, making the same same mistakes over yeah. and over and over over again. Say, just like it appears that you're evolving also with your with your writing because I you know I notice in each book the writing you know is a little little different but you know it 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 adds a little something there's something new each time and it seems like you you personally are evolving as a writer as a creator um, you know especially with uh, spinning off into the TV world. Uh, yeah, I mean, I hope I'm evolving. That's the goal every time is to write the next book, be better than this one, uh, the next sentence to be better than the sentence before. Uh, I put so I put as much thought into any sentence on Instagram or Twitter or a blog as goes into the book because people are trusting me with this time and they're never getting that time back. So that's something I take extremely seriously. So uh, goal is always to make to be better, but then also to move the genre forward a little bit, even if it's just by a degree. I'm always thinking about that each and every time because I am, am the direct beneficiary of all these thrillers that came before me from um, from Most Dangerous Game back in the, the early 20s to uh, Rogue Mail back in 1939 to First Blood in 1972 um, uh, to, to Last of the Breed in the, the mid 80s. So 
I'm a beneficiary of all of that. And I studied them not because I thought, oh, this was going to help me one day, but as just as, as a fan, just reading all those growing up, reading all these books by the masters, by Tom Clancy and Nelson DeMille and David Morrell and AJ Quinnell and, uh, uh, and, and, and Stephen Hunter and Louis L'Amour and all these amazing authors. Um, I learned as I was going through that, pro- as, I was, as I was reading, as I was enjoying it. Um, so that's what I, my goal is uh, today is for people to open my books and have that same kind of magical reading experience that I had growing up. And I uh, just, I, I love, I love what I do and, uh, and want to move that forward just a little bit, just a tiny bit every time. Yeah. Well, you are breaking barriers that, you know, action thriller novelists have, have never, you know, broken before. And, you know, you, this new age of the, the streaming and, and all that, you've, you've really, done a really good job on capitalizing and bringing the novels to the, you know, the screen. And I can't wait to see you bring, you know, more of it to the, to the prime and, you know, the streaming, but I want to see some big screen stuff. Are there plans for a big screen? Mm, let's see. Uh, I think the best way to say it is I have a lot of ideas. That are, <laughs> you, work, so. I, I'm constantly evolving. Is that, that's, that's it. I dig it. Well, I know that I was supposed to keep it a tight 30 minutes, so uh, I really appreciate it. Is there anything you want to leave our listeners with on the the new book and your your new projects? And I know you got like giveaways that you're doing each month too from your, your grams. Yep, yep. On the Instagram, I do a little as a thank you for uh, for people that are uh, trusting me with that time that we talked about. So over the first Monday of every month, I try to do a, uh, a giveaway. This one's going to be Thursday because the company dropping the uh, uh, the item hasn't even announced it yet. So it'll drop with them on Thursday. So I'll start a giveaway Thursday on that as well. But just a little something I can do to, to say thank you uh, to people for being on this journey with me. But a question I get a lot is about the audiobook. People always say, when does the audiobook drop? <laughs> Same day as hardcover. And yes, it is Ray oh, Porter nice. again, and Ray Porter's been with me from the beginning as well, and he's just an amazing Shakespearean trained actor, Fabulous. Yeah. incredible guy. And uh, so the, the audio book drops same day as the hardcover on May 16th, and there's a book tour, so I'll be bouncing around the country here fairly soon, and hopefully I'll see people on the road. And once again, that's another way for me to say thank you, and that's kind of how I use my social media also, is uh, hopefully that value to people's lives throughout the year, but also as a way to say thank you for uh taking a risk on me as a new author for telling a friend for uh, telling a family member and just uh, building essentially this grassroots um, readership before I was ever on Rogan or Tucker or anything like before Chris even announced the the series on his social media. So it's uh, it hit the New York times list before that. And that's all because people took a risk on me and then, and then told a friend. So I, I love going on the road and shaking his again and saying thank you to, to everybody for making this possible. Of course, you know, our mutual friend uh, Jaeger, Rest his soul. You know, he he played a big part in that grassroots early He'll days. Be, he was the first guy. The first guy to jump on his YouTube and his uh, and his Instagram and hold up the book and say, I read this thing and I loved it. And and you know him. If you if you knew him, you would know he would uh, if he hated it, he'd probably still hold it up, but he'd tell you he hated it. Like yeah. he was not gonna uh, he was not gonna lie about it. He's so, got uh, a new book out too. Did did I you? Have- Yep, I got it. It's um, in the podcast studio. I talked about it on the podcast the other day. I was looking for it. I've got mine around here somewhere. Yeah, mine's in the podcast studio over there, so I can hold it up uh, again. But uh, yeah, very. I mean, yeah, I mean, what a what a. Con- I mean, people didn't know him, and they just knew him from like a social media like personality or a, a you know saying a line that's different. Dude. You know, yeah. 
uh, can I kind of push the buttons? Uh, he had the biggest heart of, uh, of anybody. Yeah. That was his online persona is what that was. But, uh, as, as one last thing, and I'm gonna let you go. I promise. Um, I'm a big Thomas Magnum fan, Magnum PI fan. And, you know, when I was reading, uh, in the blood, I picked up several references to uh, Magnum PI. Uh, uh-huh. And I don't know, did, did, would we carry that over into this one as well? Is Every that- book has a uh, Magnum PI reference, yes. some a <laughs> yes. to, uh, to discern than others, but every book has one. Uh, this one has uh, some Magnum references, multiple, rag- ma- multiple in okay. this one. I got to look uh, for those. One, there's uh, one lethal weapon for lethal weapon fans, and I think I got a bond in here too, but it's very slight. It's like, you're going to have to be a real Bond fan to find it. Um, so yeah, there's a few little things like that, that I enjoy working into the novels as well. Is, uh, is Thomas Reese? Is that, is that from Thomas Magnus? Is that where you got the Thomas? I never say what they are. Okay. Okay. And the guy from the Alice, the computer, you know, he's all dressed in the, I picked that one up and some are more overt than others. Yeah. So I love that. So, Keep up the great work, Jack. Really appreciate you taking the time to be on. I know you uh, you got to go, but we would love to have you back. So um, do it anytime. Let's do it. Anytime you want to come on, love to have you on, buddy. Oh, I appreciate that. Thanks for all the support, and uh, yeah, it is sincerely appreciated. Keep crushing out there. Ah, thanks. Appreciate it, Brooksy. You want to say anything? Hey, man, it, Jack. Good it's, to see you. It's good seeing you again. It's it's been a little while, but uh, looking forward to speaking with you and and uh, possibly hanging out in the future. I hope so. I hope so. We do it sooner rather than later. And uh, right. enjoy that semi-retirement. Yeah, yeah I, will. I will. It's not going to be for long, that's for sure. Nope. <laughs> so, All right. Leadheads, go check it out. Only the Dead drops, uh, is it May 16th? May 16th. May 16th. You can pre-order now. And the audio is going to be out too. So, awesome. There it is. Perfect. Great. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jack. Appreciate it, man. That was awesome. Thank- See you soon. Yeah, man, that was awesome. Thank you so much for doing that. All right, brother, I'll let you go. Thanks again. Thanks so much. Take care. All right, see you, buddy. Bye. Hey, Leadheads, White Settle with Seal One. Just here to talk to you and tell you a little bit about our product. Seal One CLP Plus is a bio-based, non-toxic product. It comes in a paste, liquid, aerosol, and pre-saturated bore-specific patches called Seal Skins. They all do the same thing, just different methods of application. The best way to use our product is to start with a clean firearm. And there's two reasons why I say that. First, you start with the Seal One CLP Plus by field stripping your firearm and covering the entire firearm inside and out, bore, barrel, everything with the Seal One CLP Plus. You'll see how easy it spreads around. You wanna wait about 15 to 20 minutes, then you come back and you wanna wipe it all off. So you see how easy it is to put on and remove. And the second reason we say to use a clean firearm is you'll find that it's not clean. We're gonna pull out more carbon that's been left behind with whatever product you've been using before. Okay, it takes about three cleanings. So I like to say a clean shoot, clean shoot, clean shoot, just normal usage before the Seal One CLP Plus has removed whatever product that you were using before and has seasoned the firearm. It's kind of like breaking in a cast iron skillet. And after that first cleaning, you will notice a difference. And with each successive cleaning, you will find that it gets easier and easier to clean. Seal One CLP Plus is a dry lubricant and is designed to work as such. You will find that malfunctions are virtually eliminated when used properly because the majority of all malfunctions are caused to carbon buildup. 
And with the Seal 1 CLP Plus, the carbon does not build up. Seal 1 CLP Plus is safe on all metals, plastics, composites, polymers, rubber, wood, and leather. Seal 1 CLP Plus is a one and done formulation. No other products are required or needed to clean and lubricate and protect your firearm. That's why we say Seal 1 and done. Seal 1 is a proud sponsor of the Talking Lead Podcast and the Leadhead Brigade. Use the code LEADHEAD for a 25% off discount. That was a good interview. Uh, he's always good. I mean, he's just so natural. And, and it, you know, it's... Uh, he can talk about he anything. Just, <laughs> he's always been so humble. I mean, that's one thing that uh, that I, I have always enjoyed about him. You know, I, I met him years ago, and, and uh, we were going to work on a project together. It's right when he was starting Terminal List. And, and uh, yeah, so and it, it was just when I met him, you know, you... The funny thing about seals, I mean, and you know a bunch of them, is they're just the most down-to-earth guys, you know, and, yeah. and you expect for them to be like these crazy dudes. I mean, they're granted their jobs are beyond what a pedestrian can imagine, but uh, you know, they're just the most humble, coolest guys that you'll ever meet, and you're happy that they're on your side. Yeah, most. I'm going to say most because I hate to be an absolutist, but most every SEAL or special ops guy that I've met has been nothing but humble and cool and, you know, funny. Most of them have a, a very good sense of humor, too. I, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's uh, – I don't know. It, it's just such a blessing to be to be friends with a bunch of those guys and, and get to learn, you know, their lifestyles and, and their personalities and everything. Yeah. And, you know, Jack, you know, being the success that he's had is, you know, beyond belief. And it's, you know, people say he's lucky and, and all this, but this was, this is a plan he's had, you know, since his early childhood. So he's been planning and prepping for this his entire life. And, yeah. you know, it's not luck. He's, he's made strategic moves throughout his life to make this happen. And, uh, I mean, there, that was one of the things that I wanted to, to ask him too, you know, as far as this, you know, the celebrity that he's gained, uh, which seems like it's overnight, but again, it wasn't, you know, he's been working hard on this. Um, you know, maybe what's the, the most unexpected perk of celebrity, you know, kind of deal, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to be a fanboy. So yeah. And <laughs> I, I was, that. you know, I was going to ask him a few questions as well. And, and, uh, but, yeah, that was that was along the same lines as one of the questions I was going to ask. Is is this what you expected? Yeah. You know, I know that, you know, when you go in tactically, you know, you've planned this thing out for such a long time that you expect a little bit. But would you have expected this? Yeah. But I, I don't think he's had time to really to for it to sink in the celebrity that he has and is gaining right now. I just he doesn't have time. Obviously, look at all the things he's got going on. He just Inside. he just keeps take, taking one thing on after the other. So it's you know it's nonstop for him. So he doesn't stop to. I don't think he's really had an opportunity to stop and it just sink in. You know, kind of deal. Right. Well, I mean, think of like how busy you and I have been in our lives. You know, and I can't even imagine it's that nothing this compared to what he's I, been. Touches his. You know. Yeah, I'm a lazy slob compared to you. <laughs> I know. 
it's like, what are you talking about? You watch the baseball game. Yeah, the, what are you talking about? You got to play golf. Right. There's <laughs> Doesn't no that way. take like all day to play a game of golf? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sometimes. But yeah, it's it's insane the amount of you know, the amount of waking hours and discipline that somebody like that has. Yeah. With the you know, the novel. We've had him on before and you know, he's talked about his writing habits with just that one novel. And then think about adding a TV series on top of that, and then a second TV series, and then another nonfiction series of novels that he's going to start doing. Um, and no telling, you know, what the else? Tour. His podcast. He's got, you know, yep. he was doing two podcasts there for a while. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm lazy. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just lazy. I guess I don't know. Or I need more what? people helping me out. Maybe that's what it is. I could uh, probably do more if I had more people. Yeah, true. I mean, he's got a great team behind him. And, and uh, you know, obviously a lot of that comes along with yeah. success. And he seems to have great family support, too. And that's that's got to be key. You have to. I mean, yeah. in his case, you know, his wife has to be behind him 100% or this just wouldn't work out. One of them wouldn't work out. Marriage or career. Right. Yeah. So I wonder how much she's involved with with the career stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But None of our business, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should just leave that alone. Yeah. All right, uh, Leadheads. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jack Carr. Uh, again, make sure you go out and if you haven't got his previous books, I think they sent them in like like packages now. You can get them all together. Um, but only the dead is out. And I haven't finished it yet. I'm like I said, I'm like chapter 36 and uh, just got finished with an awesome battle scene and they're building up to another one here. And I'm not even halfway through it yet. Chapter 36. I mean, this is, this is a big book. It's a big read. I've got the hardback cover and uh, let's see how many pages we got here. Counting the glossary and everything, because I like that too, because he goes in and he puts a glossary and tells you what everything means. Uh, 564 pages. It's a big book. Yeah, and I'm a slow reader. <laughs> I really I really want the uh, Ray Porter version. The last two books, I did do the audio versions of them, even though I did uh, I did get the hard hardbacks, but... Uh, I listen to them on audio just because I don't like hearing my voice in my head. <laughs> right. You know, and trying to figure out again, saying names and figuring out, you know, all this stuff, the, but listening to Ray Porter does it. And he does the accents, you know, if it's a Russian guy, you know, he put a, a Russian accent to it or it's a little creepy when he does the female voices though. <laughs> it's, <laughs> <laughs> Makes me think of the you know some of those trannies out there, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, some, some of those men wanna... trying to play women's sports. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no kidding. Oh, but no, it's it's excellent. So uh, check it out, Leadheads. What was it called again? Only the Dead. I was want to say In the Blood again. That was the one previous. Uh, but NRA interviews are going to be uh, dropping too. So after this one, uh, I've got another lineup of interviews scheduled let's see who i've got um last interview we had or last uh, episode we had huxworks talked about their new 3d printed suppressors we had tim with tactical walls talking about the concealment furniture that they have 
We had Raphael and Mariana with Bursa USA, and they have released uh, their own AR. So they've got a Bursa AR. They call it the BAR, the bar 15. They've got a 223 and a 300 blackout. And they've got a 9mm uh, also that they've released. And we had sponsors of the show, Seal One, Dwight Settle. Uh, and he was talking about their new pistol and rifle rod kits that they have. So go to their website, sealone.com, use that code LEADHEAD, and you're going to get 25% off those new rod kits. I know several of you have already bought those because uh, Dwight has let me know. He lets me know whenever you guys use that code. So go use these codes that we give you. That's how these sponsors know that it's working sponsoring this show. Because... <laughs> That's how they do it, you know. They expect, you know, you guys to go and, and buy this stuff. And I don't push and promote anything that I haven't used personally myself. So I've used Seal One for, for many years now. Absolutely love it. And I stand by it 100%. And these new rod kits that they've got too, some of the strongest um, uh, rods that I've seen together, especially that handle that they've got on it. I wish I had one here. I think it's in the garage. No, actually, I gave mine away at uh, NRA. He gave me one at NRA, and I gave it away to somebody. So um, I have to get another one of those. But absolutely uh, 100% first-rate products from there, from Mission First Tactical. They're AR products, accessories. I've built several ARs using their rails, their butt stocks, their grips, and, of course, their magazines. I love their magazines, especially when I can custom print anything on there that I want on those magazines. Uh, their AR-15, their AR-10 magazines, Mission First Tactical, their holsters, uh, the new belly band holster. I really like my belly band holster, uh, especially during the summertime because it's, you know, it's it's a little more comfortable than, you know, doing my appendix carry, you know, hard holster. I can just throw a, you know, a beach shirt on over it, throw my belly band on and not have to worry about it. It doesn't imprint. Very lightweight. Um, go check them out. Mission First Tactical. Leadhead, 20% off there. And Defiant Munitions for high-quality ammo. They've got uh, a lot of the 4570 that they're making right now. So if you've got a 4570, um, now's the time to go load up on that because sometimes that's hard to find. Uh, they're going to be cranking out some more 223. I know they're low on stock right now, the 223. They've got the 9 mil in stock and uh, the SIM 62 by 39 So Defiant Munitions, 10% off, all caps, lead head. Uh, you're going to get that discount. Um, lockdown, you, you see my wall I got back here with my guns on display, Brooksy? I do. That's from Lockdown. Uh, they've got the nice display walls there, easy to install, and it's the PEG system, but they've got their own PEGs so that they actually lock into place. It's not just that little hook and then it just hangs, you know, from, from gravity. They've actually got a lock-in system on their hook systems. And they got a variety of different ones. They've got shelves. They've got the pegs. They've got the rifle um, holders. So go check them out. Go to Lockdown. Use the code LEADHEAD, 15% off there. And then Kraken Cases. I've got my book in it right now. I've got one of their... Um, they're smaller cases. It's the, the pistol case. They've got a rifle case out now, the Sigma. That's going to be part of that giveaway that we're doing coming up is that big, awesome 
Sigma rifle case that has their memory foam in it, the Kraken Case Company. Go check them out. Talking Lead, 10% off any of their cases there. They've got a smaller one that's for your iPro or smaller items that you want to carry. And then they've got, uh, that's called the Prometheus, I think. I'm going to screw up. Icarus. It's called the Icarus. I'm going to screw up all these names. Um, but go to their website, krakencases.com, Talking Lead, 10% off. And then, of course, Keltec. Go there, use the code LEADHEAD. You're going to get 15% off anything there. And then for your medical supplies, um, you want to build a medical kit, you want to get one already made, you go to Medicine in Bad Places and use the code LEADHEAD or LEADHEAD20. I don't know which one. It might be both. It's either LEADHEAD or LEADHEAD20, and you're going to get 20% off. So yeah, I screwed it up one time, Brooksy. It was LEADHEAD20, and then I made this big Instagram post and said it was LEADHEAD. So he went, oh. <laughs> so he went, he went and changed it. So I don't know if he made them both good or if he changed it to Leadhead, but try either one of those. One of those is going to work. You're going to get 20% off medicine in uh, bad places. Uh, and that's, that's all we got right now. So if I miss somebody, I apologize, but we got all kinds of code. So if you're looking for a code for something or a discount, let me know and I'll see if I can't get something worked out uh, with one of these companies. And uh, hopefully Brooksy's going to be uh, a new company soon and getting giving us some discounts. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Looking forward to that. Won't you come visit me while you're while you're retired, man? Come down you know, to Tennessee. I've actually been thinking about it. You know, I've talked to Bildo a few times, and you know, trying to figure out a way to get out that way and get some visiting in. Well, let's let's make it happen. Let's talk about it. Let's work some things out. You're in one of my favorite areas, so see about getting out there. I thought you were going to say I'm one of your favorite people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Too much no. to hope for. Damn it. Right. That's right. <laughs> Boundaries. All right, Leadheads. Until the next episode, as always, keep your loved ones close. And your firearms closer. Nailed it. <laughs>